Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of the Movie Maniacs Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. We are wrapping up 2022. One of the big lists that I wanted to make this year is what to anticipate, what is to come in 2023, right? We're beginning to start looking more towards those new trailers, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, you know, what is to come in the year of 2023 and how does it look? Does this movie, does this upcoming year really excite me as to what is to come? And the answer to that is yes. I really do feel like there are at least like a, like five films here that could be like, like classics, like, like actual classics or maybe six in all honesty. Um, I'll do a, excitement level of one to ten but that actually won't really affect my rating because some of the movies on here are uh are very you know a lot lots of unknown parts about them particularly some in my top five there's one in the lower region that could move up once we get a trailer of some sort or some more information revealed but we haven't yet and i can't really say that I can't really put that movie up too high just because of I don't really know a whole lot about that movie yet, but it could potentially be one of the best films of the year. And that's something we'll deal with when we get to the list. Now, very slow, slow week for movie news. So I don't really have much to talk about as far as that goes. I did want to mention uh, just because I think this is such a fascinating story. Avatar Way of the Water. I've been so fascinated with the progress of this movie from way back then when it was announced, then it was going to be five sequel or four sequels. And then the budget was massive. And it, it's, and I've talked about it so much on the show because I think it's one of the most fascinating, you know, gambles that we've seen in a long time. And will this pay off? That really is the big excitement. And Avatar Way of the Water, Way of Water. I keep saying this title so wrong. I, in my in my boot episode titles, in the way I've said it on the podcast, I keep saying this title wrong. It's Avatar Way of Water. I thought it was Avatar the Way of the Water. Then I thought it was Avatar Way of the Water. I kept I kept saying Way of the Water. It's Way of Water. So I'm very sorry for those of you who picked up on that and have had to listen to me say this 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 title wrong. I, I sincerely apologize. Now. Avatar Way of Water opened last weekend. Go listen to that episode, by the way. My review for Way of Water opened with $134 million. Now, that is a good opening weekend for many films. But for Avatar Way of Water, this was behind expectations. Do I think this movie can pick up as a pick up steam? Yes, I do. Avatar did not have a good opening. Avatar did not have a good opening start. It did not have a good opening weekend and gradually picked up as it went along. I think, you know, a lot of people, when I've talked about this movie uh, in, in person to people, and I, they knew I would go see Way of Water, and like, is it good? You know, I didn't really know if I wanted to see it. And then I'll tell them, yeah, this movie's actually really good. Go see it in the theater. Don't wait to go see this movie, you know, on your couch. Go watch it in the theater. I know, I've noticed ex, uh, I've noticed people perk up a little bit more. Oh, it's good. Maybe I'll go watch it. And I think once people start to look more at reviews, see that people are liking this movie, everybody that I've seen online has has said 
oh, this was better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't really like the first Avatar, but oh, now you know this was actually a lot better, and I really enjoyed it, and it was great. Um, that was definitely what, uh, not exactly my thought. I thought the first Avatar was good. This one was even better, and it's one of the most fun times I've had in a theater this year. And it's, it, is, it is the absolutely the epic that I was hoping for. So I'm a little concerned, but not overly so. $134 million is still a really good opening weekend. Just because this movie is so expensive, however, it, it's, it's hard to say you know whether or not this movie might even break even. But I'm, I'm, I'm remaining hopeful that as this movie goes on or as time goes on, things will start to pick up a little bit more and the, uh, uh, the gross will start to increase, increase, increase. And even if America doesn't uh, – these movies make so much bank overseas. The most expensive movie of all time, believe it or not, is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Patrick and I actually reviewed that movie uh, a few months back, maybe a year ago now, which is – which is crazy, but Patrick and I reviewed that one. Go listen to that retrospective. One of my favorite series that Patrick and I did was the Pirates of the Caribbean series. It was so much fun to talk about, and uh, that's one of my favorite things that Patrick and I did, and we might actually have him on an episode at some point over the break if I can figure out a, a good film for us to talk about. But anyway, my point, my point was that Stranger Tides actually made its money back, not in America, but overseas. So Way of Water... It's not a very strictly American film, so maybe it can, you know, lean more towards making its movie its money back overseas. That I think that's very possible, but we're just gonna have to see how it plays out. I'm gonna continue to cover the news that we get about this movie's success, how it's doing, is it under projecting or um, exceeding expectations? Way of Water had a solid opening weekend, but still performed slightly lower than I think what they were projecting which is not a good sign, but at the same time, I'm hopeful that things will start to pick up more and more and this movie can't make its money back because I would like to see this be a success. We'll just have to see how everything plays out all in good time. That's really all I have to cover for movie news. I did want to mention, as we're heading slowly towards the end of this year, what I want to see in the, in discussion of the awards you know, circle and all that stuff. What I need to see before, you know, Oscars and all that discussion, what I feel like is left on the table. Here's what I got. The Woman King. I need to see that one. Emancipation, which I don't think is going to be in the award circuit, but I might, I, I feel like I need to see that one. All Quiet on the Western Front. I might give Babylon a watch. I'm not sure. After Sun. Um, what else? Glass Onion. What else do I need to see that might crack my top 10? I really feel like my, my top 10 is, is rock solid. But I feel like if there is a movie that can, it's All Quiet on the Western Front and Glass Onion. I'm definitely going to try and get that top 10 of 2022 out to you guys potentially before 2023. I'm probably going to end up doing that. So expect that episode soon as well. Very busy over here at the Movie Made Next podcast. So stay tuned. Lots of stuff coming. Lots of good stuff coming. So hopefully you guys will stay tuned. Hope everybody is having a great holiday thus far. Let's get into the most anticipated movies of 2023. Now, what I want to do before we get down to the, you know, the nitty gritties, my personal picks, before we do all that, 
I wanted to talk about what 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 to expect, like what big films are coming out in the future that I did not put on this list. So I'm pulling up on Letterboxd upcoming 2023 movies. We're going to see what I get here. I'm going to give you guys some quick rapid fire. Now, here's one I did not put on my list. Barbie. This is a movie I will likely end up seeing, but I am just not really sure yet how I feel about this movie. Once we get an official trailer and not just a teaser, I may have a better idea of what to expect from the movie, and thus may end up putting this movie on my top 15. But I just haven't gotten enough yet. The talent behind it potentially speaks to a movie that might... I don't know, uh, have, you know, be more than just a, a kid film. This movie, it may actually be PG-13. I'm not sure what the rating for the movie is going to be. There, there's just so many unknowns here that I just didn't feel confident putting in my top 15, but with Noah Baumbach and particularly Greta Gerwig behind it, this movie may end up being rock solid. I just haven't seen enough yet to really say, yes, I'm confident putting this one in my top 15. I'm just not there yet. So, that is one to look out for, but not one I put on my list. Um, Scream 6, I thought the teaser was good. Uh, just didn't quite make the list, but that'll be one I'll watch with my mom for sure once that one comes out. Super Mario Bros, the movie. Animation looks pretty fun. Could be a good time. I'm predicting like if I watch it, a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, somewhere along that range. I think I might actually like this movie. But it depends how generic this movie takes it. I'd like to see them do a couple things outside the box with illumination behind it. It's hard to really expect a lot out of the you know the caliber of movies that they make where they're all just, I mean, nothing against illumination, but they're just fairly generic movies. However, this trailer, the trailers so far, what I've seen looks good. It really does. I think it looks good. So we may actually get something here that is worth watching and, and and really quite an enjoyable movie. I just haven't really seen that yet, but we may get that potentially in the future. Just haven't seen that yet. What else do we got here? Megan, one of the weirdest trailers I have seen in 2022. Guards of the Galaxy Volume 3, this is a big one. If the MCU is going to deliver us a good movie... Like a good, good movie. Like not a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie, which I thought was like just a weird enjoyment. A good movie. Out of all of what I've seen from them in 2023, Guards of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the best chance that they have. Now, I didn't put in my top 15, obviously. That's why, that's why I'm talking about it right now. But I remain cautiously optimistic for this movie. It looks like it's really going to be going for the emotion. James Gunn behind it. Hopefully the comedy is still fresh. I, I do kind of feel like at times these characters will just have one joke and James Gunn likes to hit that button over and over again. I'm hoping that the jokes uh, charm me once again, as well as the emotion, having that, that heart that I think is key to these characters. I'm going to go in op cautiously optimistic to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Let me see here. What else? Wonka, Timothy Chalamet, uh, completely unnecessary, but... Having the guys who did Paddington behind it, this movie might end up being good, but in concept, 
I, I do not like this movie. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan. Just can't say I'm a fan. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I, I've been pretty unimpressed with what we've seen so far, but Bill Murray being in this movie makes me, makes me laugh every stinking time I see him in that trailer. I just think it's so, what a weird world that we're living in that Bill Murray is in one of these movies. It's so weird to me. But anyway, uh, um, doesn't feel like the right move. I, I, I don't get why Ant-Man is trying to be the bridge to the big, you know, time, you know, world of just, just the Kang and all that stuff, hinting to the Avengers. Ant-Man has never been that character. If there's been anything that people have liked about these Ant-Man movies, it's the low scale. It's it's concerning to me that this movie is upping the scale tenfold when that was never what really anybody liked about this character. So not exactly excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It just doesn't really seem like it's tapping into what people even liked about the first two Ant-Man movies, if they did in the first place. Knock at the Cabin 2023, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is just always such a tricky bet, but what I've seen in this trailer actually looks pretty interesting. It's got that good hook that every M. Night Shyamalan movie has. I think it's way better than people turning old on a beach. Could be an interesting film. Maybe one to look out for. We'll just have to see. Um, Elemental. <sighs> Original concept, which is exciting. Since, you know, we had, I think we had Luca. Was Luca this year? No, that wasn't this year. The only Pixar movie we had this year was Lightyear. Um, I'm glad to see they're going back to something a little bit more original. But Disney... Man, any other animated stuff has just really let me down recently. So I'm not going to say I'm overly confident in this movie, but I may give it a watch. Just not entirely sure yet. Uh, Little Mermaid. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, not interested. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I feel like you know they, they just had the prequel book come out last year. Could have been two years ago. My timeline is so messed up. Anyway, didn't read that. I have read the first three Hunger Games books, and I've seen the first movie. I'll watch the other three movies and probably watch this one. I'll give you guys that retrospective. Nothing particularly interesting about this to me, but hey, Hunger Games, big deal. You know, I'm, I suppose, you know, it is what it is, but I don't really see anything all that interesting here, but maybe, you know, maybe I'll read the book. I'm not sure. Shazam! Fury of the Gods hasn't haven't been really impressed by the trailer. I liked Shazam; it was fine, but it, it's not really a world I want to go back to. But we'll just have to see what else here. Um, Deadpool's not Deadpool. Uh, the Flash still surprised that this one has remained intact. Uh, if, I've I've said this before. Ezra Miller just doesn't really strike me as a great leading man to a movie. I've never seen him lead a film. He's got to do a lot of convincing there, and obviously he's just he's all over the place. Uh, Lord hope he's okay. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a lot of great potential in this movie. Will it be able to to, to tap into that? I'm not sure. We'll just, that's, that there's a lot of unknowns around this one as well. But Michael Keaton coming back as Batman is exciting to me. Blue Beetle, I need to see a little bit more about this one, but I'm interested. And I like the actor playing Blue Beetle uh, from Cobra Kai. Uh, he's good in that show. 
Transformers Rise of Beasts. Do we need this? No. Did the trailer look fine? Yes. Fast X, Fast and Furious 9 was not good. The They had a, a mix-up in directing, a change. Uh, the main director who's been uh, who's been helming this series, I forget his name, stepped out. And now we have the guy who directed The Incredible Hulk coming in. Not exactly a director I very much enjoy. We're going to have to see uh, what exactly this series has to offer us at this point. I don't know, but I'm not sure. Uh, next goal wins. Taika Waititi, his new movie starring Matthew McConaughey, I believe. Or not Matthew, not Matthew Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Big mix up there in acting. Uh, anyway. This movie would be a lot higher on my list. and This movie might even crack my top 15. But man, Taika Waititi left a bad taste in my mouth with Thor Love and Thunder. I just can't get excited about anything he does next. Even though I've liked pretty much all that he's done thus far. But man, Love and Thunder just sucked. So I can't really get overly excited about it. But I feel like this movie could be good. Just, I'm going to need to see a little bit more to be really convinced that Taika Waititi, the director I loved for so long, is back. Because Love and Thunder was just such a splat and a miserable, miserable experience. But anyway, anyway. That's really all that I feel like needs to be mentioned here. So, I suppose, enough said. Anyway, let's get into the top 15 my most anticipated movies of 2023. The only good list. I'm kidding. The only good list for this year. The movies I think you guys should keep an, out for, an eye out for. Maybe they aren't up your alley. Some movies that might be the case. This is this list that I'm most excited for. These movies I'm most anticipating. Let me know what you're most anticipating. What's on the top of your list. Movie Maniacs 2020 at gmail.com as always. Anyway, 15 at the bottom of the list, but still a movie I'm I'm fairly excited for is Creed 3. Now, Creed 2, not as good as Creed 1, but still a good film. Creed 3, the trailer looks good, doesn't look great. I'm kind of questioning why we're even getting this movie, but... I am confident this movie is going to be a good time if they can keep that same heart, that same core that I feel like has been with the past two Creed movies and why I've enjoyed them. I feel like this movie can't, may not even be as good as Creed 2, but still an enjoyable time and still a solid addition to this world. A good final chapter, hopefully, for Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed. Trader looks good. I'm sure it's going to be a fun time. And Michael B. Jordan at the director's chair this time, as well as starring. We're going to see how that plays out when it comes out, I think, early next year. Uh, my dad and I both thought the trailer looked pretty good. There's a couple of aspects of this movie I'm going to need a bit more convincing on, but I'm still in in interested in this movie, excited. I think it's going to be a really enjoyable time, and I like Michael B. Jordan a lot. And there you go. Enough said. I think this movie is going to be at least a 7 out of 10. That's my prediction. 7 out of 10 for Creed 3. I got it number 15 here. The next one I have is The Pale Blue Eye, directed by Scott Cooper, who has worked with our lead here, Christian Bale, a couple times in the past. 
I am a big, big, big Christian Bale fan. I watched Amsterdam actually last week. It wasn't that good, but Christian Bale is great in everything he does. And if Amsterdam might have been better, I think we'd be talking about Christian Bale more in the best actor discussion. But because that movie just wasn't solid any other way, it was just kind of lacking in so many other departments and and was so obsessed over its celebrity cameos. Just, oh, look, Robert De Niro. Oh, look, Taylor Swift. Oh, look, Chris Rock, Rami Malek. Uh, guys, you don't need a star-studded cast. I don't, I just... Scrap some of these actors. Scrap some of these cameos. We don't need Taylor Swift in the opening 10 minutes of this movie. We just don't. But the movie is so obsessed over its cameos, it just keeps like, like zooming in. Like, it's Taylor Swift. Did you notice we're going to zoom in on her face? Just so you know, it's like anytime a character walks on screen, it's the first time we see him in realize, oh, it's Chris Rock. The camera like zooms in in this like dramatic fashion. In case you didn't pick up that it was Chris Rock, we're going to zoom in a little bit more just so you can tell, hey, it's that celebrity you like. But a messy movie all around. But Christian Bale's a talent. The trailer looks good. I like this concept. I like this type of mystery. It excites me. It's going to be on Netflix, I think, early next year. It says 2022, but from all I've seen, this movie comes out in 2023. I'm interested. I'm on board. Give me a Christian Bale, Scott Cooper movie. I'm excited. I think this movie looks interesting. It's, I think it's going to have a really good story behind it. Christian Bale being this detective using a young Edgar Allan Poe as his helper. I believe this is the guy who played Dudley in the Harry Potter films and then was in The Queen's Gambit. I'm going to double check that real quick. Just because over here at this show, we really pride ourselves on the fact-checking that we bring to every single show. Of course, uh, Harry Melling here. Oh, Robert Duvall in this as well. Toby Jones, good cast. Yep. He was in the Harry Potter films. He's actually been in a lot of good stuff. The Devil All the Time, uh, The Bow to Buster Scruggs, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Don't see Queen's Gambit on here, but he is in that. I'm very confident in that pick. He is in Queen's Gambit. I was not wrong on that. But he's I, he's a really talented actor. I know that just because oh, we have that, oh, you know, he's in uh, you know, the Harry Potter films as Dudley, that he's not like a great talent, but I like him. I think he's a good actor. And bringing Christian Bale into, Christian Bale as a lead, just mwah, yes, please. So I think this movie is going to be a really, really good mystery with a great performance by Christian Bale. And Scott Cooper, I think he directs good-looking movies, so I think this movie is going to have a nice visual flair behind it. Could be one to look out for. Pale Blue Eyes, I'm predicting my score to be an 8 out of 10. Next one. The movie, quite frankly, I think is going to be the movie of the year. Being put, honestly, putting it at 13 is a bit of a crime, quite frankly. I feel like I should put this movie up higher. There's only one movie I'm talking about. You know it. That movie is Cocaine Bear. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before on this show. Seek out this trailer. The final performance by Ray Liotta going out on a Ray Liotta movie. I mean, this movie feels, in a way, perfect to wrap up this man's great career. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Great and good fellas. Great marriage story. A terrific actor. Unfortunately, passed away this year. Um, looks to... Looks like he's given a great performance in this movie. Guys, one of the best trailers of 2023 is Cocaine Bear. I encourage people to go check this movie out. Based on a true story, I showed this trailer to my dad, 
and he did not seem as excited about it as I was. I thought he was going to be really on board for this movie, but I'm going to have to show it to to some uh, some other person. Somebody has got to get on board with me for my excitement for this movie. I think this movie is going to be a lot of fun. I wish that we got more movies like this, more movies this ridiculous, more movies that have the potential to be this fun. I will review it. I'm predicting my score, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. That is my pr prediction for this score. But honestly, guys, it could be a 10 out of 10. You never know. It really could. Cocaine Bear may slide in there, 10 out of 10. Just putting that out there. Um, the, the trailer looks so much fun. I think this movie is going to be really enjoyable. That's my opinion. Many other people may disagree. But Cocaine Bear is shaping up to be the movie of the year. And criticize and hate all you want, but it's just a simple, it's just a simple truth. So, Cocaine Bear at number 13, 8 out of 10, but potentially a 10 out of 10. We're just going to have to see how everything pans out. Number 12, believe this movie's coming out next year, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Joaquin Phoenix. I'm talking about Napoleon Ridley Scott making a historical, potentially three-hour-long epic. Count me in. Count me in. I... Ridley Scott's a little 50-50 at times, but he's coming off a great film with, uh, okay, not, not House of Gucci, The Last Duel, The Last Duel, a great film, what I very much enjoyed, a great medieval epic. We're going to say House of Gucci never happened, and Last Duel is his last film, so he's coming off of a high note with Napoleon, bringing in one of the best actors of our time, Joaquin Phoenix, playing a very iconic uh, a historical figure potentially bringing in some great epic battles as well. Napoleon being a military leader and so and so forth. Great actors across the board. Let me uh, actually, I'm, I'm speaking beforehand here. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Curry leading this film. Uh, the rest of the cast, Dave David Tucci. Uh, ooh, I think he's in Iron Man three or, or Iron Man one. Uh, guys, I think this movie has the potential to be. Oh, really good. Really good. It just depends on what version of Ridley Scott is pulling up. Guys, the rating here is all over the board, but because Joaquin Phoenix picked this film, and I think he's one of the best actors when it comes to picking projects, I am predicting my score to be a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10. Now, sometimes 8 out of 10, there are some movies on here that I may say are an 8 out of 10, but are more enjoyable. So that's why, I'm, and have a higher bar potentially. So that's why I'm, and are more likely to be great. I don't know if Napoleon is guaranteed to be great, but if Napoleon works in the way that I think it can, then I'm going a nine out of 10. I, I really do think that this could be a great, you know, historical epic directed by one of the best directors when it comes to making historical epics. I mean, we're talking about really Scott here, director, the last duel, director of Gladiator. Need I say more? So Napoleon has the potential to be a great film, but at the same time, because Ridley Scott is so 50-50, I'm not sure. But Joaquin Phoenix being behind this could be a, another Oscar-winning performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Vanessa Kirby could get that Oscar Best Supporting Actress. I mean, there's a lot of Oscar buzz around this movie. Definitely the first one that we talked about so far that I think definitely needs to, that certainly needs to be on the lookout when it comes to, to that Oscar buzz. Now, number 11. Kind of switches back and forth with my number 12 here. I'm talking about Maestro. The second directorial effort 
from Bradley Cooper coming off of the 2018 success that was A Star is Born. I watched that movie with my mom this year for the first time. One of the most beautiful films that I've seen in quite some time. Emotionally uh, stirring, emotionally grabbing. Uh, just a beautiful movie in every aspect. The music, the performances. Cooper was great in that film. Uh, Lady Gaga was fantastic. can't believe I'm even saying that, but she was. She was incredible. The music was great. Some of my favorite scenes of that movie were just mind-blowing. I mean, just so good. So good. And I, I'm mind-blowing, man. I'll be the right word. But the way they captured that emotion, Cooper's directing in that movie was just rock solid. He hasn't made a movie since then. The stakes are high for him coming off of that great film. Can he do it with Maestro, putting on the prosthetics, playing uh, uh, Bernard Herm Bernard Herman, right? Is that the is that who he's playing here? I believe Leonard Bernstein. My, my bad. Leonard Bernstein, a legendary composer, supporting actress here. Carrie Mulligan, Jeremy Strong, both terrific actors in their own right. I really feel like this is another movie that it's going to have a lot of Oscar buzz around it. There's a lot of unknowns here, however. We haven't gotten any trailers, haven't gotten a lot of looks at this movie. But the potential here is very strong. My prediction rating-wise is a 9 out of 10. Napoleon, it was like a 9 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10. You never know which way that movie is going to swing. Maestro, I feel like, is going to, either going to be a 7 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. I, I, either way, I feel like Cooper is going to put a lot of effort into this movie. The four-year gap speaks volumes to his investment in this movie. I think he's going to be great. I mean, whether there's controversy around the casting of him playing this character, he's going to do a terrific job. He's going to commit to it. Carrie Mulligan as well. It's going to be a very well-acted film, potentially a beautifully directed film. Uh, definitely one that's going to have a lot of Oscar buzz around it. And one to look out for in the year of 2023. I'm putting it at number 11 here. But because there are so many unknowns around it, I'm not putting it in my top 10. But potential for a really great film in 2023. All right. Now we're cracking into the top 10 potentially of 2023. At number 10, I have B.U. Bayou? B.U. is Afraid. Directed by Ari Aster and starring Joaquin Phoenix. This movie was originally called Disappointment Boulevard. Now it has changed its title. Now, we don't we still don't really have a date for this movie, but I'm fairly confident this movie's coming out next year. Ari Aster, director of Hereditary, director of Midsummer, one of the best up-and-coming directors that we have so far to. Incredible films, I thought at least. I thought I thought Hereditary was when was my favorite horror film of all time. Midsummer was really close in that contention as well. And both films have been visually incredible. Directing wise, he's I mean, those two films are fat if are, are fantastic. This is a big pivot from those first two films, potentially a more drama-based movie. Um we're st I'm still uh, fairly unsure with what exactly everything is going to entangle with this movie, how everything's going to play out, what exactly this movie's even about. Still kind of remains unseen, but Joaquin Phoenix is apparently this is almost going to be a biopic on him, but not really like a fictional, like a, a character piece on this on uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Once we get more details about this movie, it could go up the list. But because we know so little, I'm keeping it at number 10. But the implications here could very well be one of the best movies of 2023. We're just, I'm just not entirely sure yet because of the lack of details that we've gotten so far, at least, for 
Bayou is afraid. But Joaquin Phoenix undoubtedly brings it every time. And Arnie Aster, when it comes to directing, I think he's one of the best doing it right now. So lots of uh, potentially very great things to come with Bayou is afraid. Number nine kind of goes back. Number nine, eight, and seven kind of go back and forth here. But I put at number nine, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Everything that we've seen from this trailer, from this movie, looks great. The stunts, you know, the casting, bringing in uh, the guy from Ozark, Tom Cruise to looks great, the team looks great. They could very well top this, top Mission Impossible Fallout, a movie I consider to be in the top 10 best action movies of all time, fairly solid. Like, not many movies are going to bump it out of the top 10. I am not sure how Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise are going to top this, what they did in 2018, with what they're planning on doing in 2023. Part one, part two it is a little concerning to me. I'm not really sure how they're going to bring this whole series to a close. There's a lot riding on these next two Mission Impossible films. And because of that, I'm concerned. I'm concerned on how they're going to bring everything to a close, how they're going to try and top what they did in 2018 which is a very, very high bar, I'm concerned. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I think this is going to be a good movie. Without a doubt, I don't see myself giving this a bad film or this being a bad film or giving this a bad review. But I'm concerned on how they're going to top this. I don't know if they can. I really don't. And that's why I'm putting this a little bit lower than the films that are going to be above this movie in this list. I, that's my only concern here is the implications of them trying to top themselves or trying to bring this whole series to a big close with a part one and part two, which I don't really think we need. I don't think we need a part one, part two. I honestly feel like we could have just done one more film. I don't really need, I honestly don't even need two. I mean, Tom Cruise is going to be 60 next year. Let's wrap it up just one more time. Part one, part two is just a little concerning to me. So there are some ways I could see this movie veering off the wrong path, but I have full faith in, in McQuarrie and Tom Cruise when it comes to particularly this series and delivering an enjoyable action film. Tom Cruise uh, made that message to fans who had to go see Top Gun Maverick in theaters saying it's an honor of a lifetime to get to entertain you. And that's really just what I... That's what I like to hear from these action films. It, just to entertain, practical effects. It, you can tell with these types of movies. You could tell with Top Gun. You could tell with the Mission Impossible films when they're at their best. Fallout being the, the biggest uh, example of that, being the best example of that. So I think that this movie, I'm honestly probably underrating it a little bit when it comes to my pl placement on the list, but... I just see a couple ways for this movie to go wrong. But my rating prediction is a 9 out of 10. I think this movie could be at least as good as Mission Impossible Fallout. The thing about the Mission Impossible series is with the, with the exception of Mission, Mission Impossible 2, which I didn't think was very good, they have topped themselves with each film. If they do that with Dead Reckoning, we're in for one of the best movies of 2023. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. And, I, and I'm so unsure how, how they're going to do it that I'm putting it a little bit lower than I originally thought I would. And I did and I did think about it a whole lot. That, so I did put time and thought into this. But there are, there are just ways I feel like uh, this movie could veer off. But I feel like if this movie does top, top what they did 
with Fallout. We're looking at one of the best movies of 2023 right here, which is crazy to think about. But Mission Impossible, an action series that brings it every time, particularly where I'm not really looking forward to any MCU movies next year. I'm really turning to Mission Impossible and my number eight, which is John Wick Chapter 4, to bring all the excitement. Now, a lot of the concerns, actually, that I have with John Wick Chapter 4 and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning are similar. Keanu Reeves. Getting up there in age a little bit. I'm going to actually look up his age real quick just for reference. Keanu age 58. So, again, we're approaching that 60-year-old zone, right? And what I've heard is this isn't even the last one. I honestly felt like this series, John Wick, what I'm talking about here, should have been a trilogy. I do not need a 6, 7, 8. I, so, 4, to me, is pushing it. But the trailer looks great. I love this world. That's possibly why I'm putting it above John Wick Chapter 4 or uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which I predict my score, I said earlier, could be a 9 out of 10. My score for John Wick Chapter 4 may be lower than Dead Reckoning. But I love this world so much. This series is so consistently good. And Keanu Reeves is a, this action hero i think is fantastic trailer looks great great music uh just so much i love about that trailer what i've loved about this series thus far this world the way they've built it up is just rock solid it really is and it's one of the best action series that we have right now right up there of mission impossible i don't think this movie this movie may not be as good as mission impossible dead reckoning but there is something about this john wick series that i love so much i do think they need to start thinking of, i'm not this could be the last one i'm not sure i feel like they're gonna make a fifth one this the series is approaching a very similar situation with mission impossible where i mean how much longer are we gonna do these you know reeves and Cruz are getting up there in age a little bit but I feel like both of these movies are going to be very, very enjoyable, and I'm excited for what's to come when it comes to both of these movies with John Wick Chapter 4 and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, two movies that I think could be up there in the most enjoyable times you're going to have in a movie theater in 2023. Number seven. Lot riding on this one. Could go really bad. But I got enough faith in James Mangold. I'm talking about Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. I talked about Steven Spielberg in our last episode, The Fablemans. Raiders of the Lost Ark was at the top of my Steven Spielberg list. Uh, I talked about Jaws. I talked about E.T. I talked about Saving Private Ryan. Raiders of the Lost Ark, by far, is my favorite Steven Spielberg film. This series I hold so near and dear. I remember I got to go see this movie in theaters for my 13th, no, my 14th birthday. It was a great experience. I had seen it before then, but to see Raiders on the big screen uh, was just a treasure. It really was. And I love this series so much. I've seen this movie so many times. I've seen The Last Crusade many times, Temple of Doom. That, that core trilogy I love so much. Crystal Skull wasn't great. I'm hoping that James Mangold ends this series on a high note. The action sequences in this trailer are concerning to me. They look good. It's just I love the practicality of those Indiana Jones movies that they're veering off from that is concerning to me and, and, and disappointing because that is to me what makes those movies shine. I think it's what Spielberg liked, uh, particularly about those first three. It's just, you know, 
those the practical effects of those classic adventure movies is really something that I hold near and dear when it comes to indie. But there is something about this trailer I really do feel like they can capture that heart and capture that wonder that was originally with Indiana Jones pre-Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where this could be a, I'm predicting, an 8 out of 10 for Dial of Destiny. In retrospect, I'm probably underrating Dead Reckoning, but I feel pretty confident in saying Dial of Destiny could be an 8 out of 10. If this movie really has reached that next level, it could be a 9 out of 10. But I'm confident at least in an 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, at least. That's what I'm thinking here. I don't think James Go- James Mangold is really like going to drop the ball here. This is not going to be a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But I really would like to see him take Indiana Jones back to that really strong consistency with Raiders, Last Crusade, the- that caliber of movie. That's why I'm hoping James Mangold is able to capture it here and not just a pretty decent Indiana Jones story. Really make it feel like this character had to come back because I don't really think we needed an Indiana Jones movie and still don't. So James Mangold's really going to have to convince me that thank the Lord Harrison Ford came back to play this character because this is a story this character needed to be in. I'm not sure if this movie's going to be able to do that, but I'm hoping for an enjoyable time. Mads Mikkelsen as the villain is exciting. And, and Harrison Ford, I do think he likes this character probably more than Han Solo or maybe any of his characters. I'm hoping that this movie really pans out the way I'm hoping, captures that wonder, that adventure, that spirit that makes Raiders and The Last Crusade such a treasured, you know, those two films particularly so treasured, Temple of Dune thrown in there as well. I'm hoping Mangold can do it. If anybody can do it, I think it's James Mangold. I got a lot of faith in him. Ford versus Ferrari and Logan are two fantastic films walk the line was good as well but those two films in particular stand out for what james mangle is able to bring out of his actors be able to draw out of his movie when it comes to emotion and a respect towards characters i'm looking at logan not because i want this to be that tone but the reverence and respect and understanding of that character that James Mangold showed with uh, Logan, I think that he can do a similar thing in terms of his understanding of this character and what we like about him, what the audience likes about this series. I think James Mangold can really capture the pulse of what makes Indiana Jones such a treasured series and make a great film with Dial of Destiny. There's a lot of ifs with this movie, a lot of unknowns, but I am just treasuring this character so much and really hoping that he goes off on a high note. I'm glad that we got Harrison Ford back. There are areas of this movie they're going to have to convince me. Harrison Ford being in his late 70s, I think, doing some of these action sequences, the CGI. It, like, there are certain aspects of this movie that just are not going to feel the same to me. This movie's not going to be better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not going to be better than The Last Crusade. But can it get to that level, get to that close to that tier where. If I'm going through the Indiana Jones movies and I'm finishing Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know what? I got a couple hours left. I might just throw on Dial of Destiny. If it can get to that level, then I'm at that I'm at a really good spot. I've never thrown on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again. But if this movie can get to that solid, satisfactory tier with Dial of Destiny, we got a good movie on our hands, and a lot of credits got to go to James Mangold because he really everything is it's ride or die on him to make this series go out on a high note. I'm confident he can do it, and I'm glad Ford's coming back to play this character. A series that I love. Here's to it hoping. Here's to hoping it goes out on a high note. That's my number seven. My prediction is an eight out of ten. But 
if this movie is going to capture everything I hope it can, 9 out of 10. But there's a lot of unknowns, and I'm not sure whether or not I can pull it off, but at least an N out of 10 for Dial of Destiny. Number six, lots of excitement around this one. The sup No superhero films on this list, except for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Part one, the trailer that we got last week very much enthused me on this series keeping things centered on the characters and the themes of the movie. Yes, there's going to be Easter eggs, and it's going to be awesome. We're going through the crazy visuals of the Spider-Verse and all that stuff. It's going to be awesome, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. And I, But I said this with the trailer. I'm going to say it now. What makes this movie exciting to me is the understanding that the people behind this movie have on why people love Spider-Man, why they love these characters, and the themes that they're able to draw out of the moral quandaries of this character that goes back since the Stan Lee times. That's what I like about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and that's what I think I'm still going to enjoy about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I'm fairly confident in saying this movie is going to be good. That they're taking the scale up potentially too drastically is a cause for concern. For concern. I hope they don't get lost in the shuffle, but I really do think this movie is going to be rock solid. I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is heads and tails better than anything you know, Raimi did, anything uh, Webb did, anything John Watts did. It's easily my favorite Spider-Man film. I'm hoping to get an even better one potentially with this sequel. I think this movie has the potential to be great. My prediction, my score, 9 out of 10. Number 5. Not sure if this movie is coming out next year. That could change. This movie may fall off the list, but I'm hoping Francis Ford Coppola delivers Megalopolis, a star-studded cast, his return to the director's chair after many years off the cast here. Adam Driver, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voight, Aubrey Plaza, Shia LaBeouf, Forrest Ritiker. The cast looks to be great. Francis Ford Coppola. Guys, we've really got to start talking about this guy as one of the best directors of all time. Him with Scorsese, De Palma, Spielberg, Lucas. That generation of filmmakers really did bring us something special. I watched the conversation a few months back. And it really did remind me just how good of a director Francis Ford Coppola is. Just how excellent he, that he is. The man hasn't made a movie in nine years if this movie comes out in 2023. So I'm really, I'm, I'm very much hoping that this movie's good. He's self-funding this movie. It's going to be a very expensive film. This is a vision that he's had for a very long time. It will likely be his last film, but this seems to have always been a story that he's wanted to get off his chest. There's a lot of interesting storylines heading into this movie of Fork Coppola wanting to make this movie forever, getting this big cast, self-funding it. Apocalypse Now is one of my favorite films of all time, and it's my favorite Coppola film, a film in which he had to self-fund it. There's something about that with Coppola where when he self-funds his projects, it almost makes the movies even better. There's some extra drive, some extra kick he gets in self-funding his movies. And him doing that with Megalopolis is very exciting to me. I'm hope I don't, I don't know what this movie's going to entail, but the return of Francis Ford Coppola in the director's chair with a big, a big cast with a lot of talent, 
trying to get this movie on the big screen that he's wanted to do forever. It's the Ronnie Rocket, you know, David Lynch's Ronnie Rocket, Coppola's Megalopolis finally coming on the big screen. We've heard about this movie forever. It's finally in production. I believe it's filming. It could be out next year. It might be 2024. I don't know, but I wanted to give this movie mention, give this movie shine. We are in the number five, and we're kicking it off with one of the greats in Francis Ford Coppola. Not sure if this movie comes out next year. That could change, but Megalopolis is definitely one to look out for in 2023 if it does in fact come out number four these next four movies guys are could all switch back and forth back and forth back and forth they all have the potential to be in my top 30 movies of all time and i am fairly confident in saying that number four killers of the flower moon directed by martin scorsese starring leonardo DiCaprio, robert de niro um oh my gosh what's his name Jesse Plemons. I read the book by David Grimm. I encourage people to check it out if you're a, if you're a fan of a true crime slash history. The book's great. Really was a, a, a quite a page turn. I really enjoyed reading it. And Scorsese tackling this movie just feels perfect. It feels like a return in some ways. I love the implications of this movie. The Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro. Uh, I believe it's the second time, first or second time they've been on screen together. Lots of uh, great talent behind this movie. The book was great. I think Scorsese is going to do a great job adapting it. Mark Scorsese is one of my favorite directors of all time. I love The Irishman in 2019. That was one of his best films. That's my opinion. Uh, that We'd watching that movie a couple times since the first viewing. Uh, it's only elevated my feelings on it. It's a great film. Killers of the Flower Moon could be... Easily one of the best films of 2023. Could be in the top five. I'm very much excited to see this movie. And uh, it'll be my first time watching a Martin Scorsese movie in theaters. That's pretty awesome. That's my. I, I'm very much excited to see this movie. Number three, Dune Part 2. It's crazy to me that this movie has already come. It's it, when we were talking about doing it in 2021, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to wait so long for part two. It doesn't even feel like I've had to wait because I've been watching Dune so many times. But anyway, uh, I loved Dune in 2021. It was my favorite movie of that year. Thought it was a fantastic movie. Dune part two, I'm predicting it's going to be even better. That's my prediction. They are, Denis Villeneuve is going to capture some of the best epic science fiction battles ever put to film guys this movie is gonna blow people's minds in my opinion i have such faith in denis villeneuve when it comes to crafting this story crafting this epic i really do feel like there are some heavy implications for this movie to really take this you know this this project that denis villeneuve has been working on to a groundbreaking level that really captures people's imagination we were still in, in kind of weird COVID times in uh in 2021 i really feel like dune part two has a great shot of capturing people's attention in the year of 2023 i'm hoping people show up for it. it's going to be big it's going to be massive my uh my mom and dad both really enjoyed dune i loved it it was my favorite movie of 2021 i feel like there are implications for this movie to be even better that's what i'm hoping for and man if it is i think we're really in for something special with dune part two Whew, that there's there's so many exciting factors with that movie and could very well be the best movie of that year there's there's a really 
good chance for this movie to reach some something truly special, something truly epic that uh, we haven't seen in quite some time. So I'm like, I'm very much excited for that. And Denis Villeneuve, I've said it many times, one of the best directors working today. Just the way his films look are magnificent, are beautiful, and I think the visuals that we could potentially be getting with Dune Part Two are going to be insane. So I'm very much excited for it. I love the epic sci-fi novel by Frank Herbert, and to see it adapted in this fashion feels really true, rings true to me at least. I'm excited for what Denis Villeneuve is going to bring with Dune Part Two. Number two, my man, David Fincher. Coming back three years since Mank. I know not a lot of people liked it. I did. Returning that movie on a second viewing, I thought it was incredibly strong. Go listen to Patrick and I review that movie uh, as part of our David Fincher retrospective, another series I very much enjoyed doing. I'm very excited for David Fincher to come back with The Killer, a movie that is definitely going to bring him back to Gone Girl. Uh, not even Gone Girl. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Seven. That, that crime type of story that we love David Fincher for. They're bringing in Michael Fassbender in David Fincher movie feels perfect. Tilda Swinton as well. The cast looks great. Fincher is in that conversation for my favorite director of all time. Lynch has the title right now, but Fincher is right there. He really is. Seven's one of my favorite movies of all time. Right up there, Zodiac's one of my favorite movies of all time. I just love this man's movies. I love the way they're shot. I love his stories. He also has Andrew Kevin Walker, who directed or who wrote Seven, coming in to write this movie as well. There are some heavy implications behind that in terms of how dense this story could be. Those two combined could make one of the best written uh, crime films that we've seen in a long time. The uh, way that Fincher is able to get into his protagonist's head is is really uh, interesting, in my opinion. And the story behind the killer, the, the graphic novel that in which Fincher and Andrew Kevin Walker are adapting, it's all about getting into the psyche of this character. Fassbender is a great actor when it comes to uh, portraying that type of psyche, and Fincher is great at getting in that character's head. There's going to be... This movie is going to be awesome, in my opinion. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Whew. These top five movies have the implications to be so stacked, so good, and Fincher is really leading the charge here. But number one, I got to go Christopher Nolan here. I got to go Oppenheimer, particularly since it's the movie we've seen the most out of. Out of all the movies I've mentioned here in the top five, We've seen the most out of Oppenheimer, so that's why I feel so confident in putting it at the top of this list because it's the one I've seen the most out of. It's the one I've I have the best idea of. I haven't seen any shots of the killer or Dune Part Two. Only one still of Killers Out of Flower Moon. Haven't seen anything out of Megapolis. So I'm not really sure what all those movies are gonna entail, truly. But I've seen these fantastic teases from Nolan in IMAX. This movie has the implications to be a masterpiece from him, one of his best films. It's a different type of film from him. It's this biopic and an historical film, but bringing in all of the great things that come with a Christopher Nolan movie, the great sound, the epic visuals, the way that he's able to portray some of the drama that maybe not everybody likes, maybe people feel it's cold, but for this type of person with uh, Oppenheimer, it feels perfect for a Christopher Nolan film. If Nolan was ever going to make a biopic, Oppenheimer is the best pick. So 
I really do love what I've seen from these trailers. I think it's going to be a really good film. I'm excited. 2023 has the potential to be a stacked year. I said that with 2022 as well. And there were there were ways in which that movie, that year didn't quite match up to what I expected. If the movies that I feel like have the implications to be great are true, like if if The Killer, if Oppenheimer, if Doom Part 2, if Killers of the Flower Moon, if Across the Spider-Verse, if they all work, man, oh man, it's going to be a really exciting year. I can't wait. I'm always coming in optimistic, even though, you know, there are, are certain aspects of the movie industry that I can't get pessimistic over. These top five, top six, I'll stick with the top five, top five movies are, are 10 out of 10 material. That's pretty awesome. If all these movies hit in the way I hope, we're talking 10 out of 10 material here, which is awesome. Awesome. So I'm very excited to see what 2023 brings. There are movies that are going to be in the top 10 that I haven't even mentioned here. When we get to 2023, wrapping that year up, there's going to be movies in my top 10 that I hadn't even really considered fully. So there's going to be a lot of surprises along the way. There always are. But if these top five, top four work, man, it's going to be a pretty exciting year. We've got Christopher Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, David Fincher, Martin Scorsese, and Francis Ford Coppola. All five of them are making movies in the same year. Ridley Scott, you could throw him in as well. Ridley Scott, man. That's a pretty exciting year, in my opinion. So I hope that you're excited for 2023 as much as I am. There are still, you know, some some unknowns, some ways the year could go wrong. We're going to have to get into the Oscar stuff, like what exactly that ceremony is going to entail. Who knows? But I'm, I'm remaining optimistic, doing my best over here. Guys, what are you most excited for when it comes to the year of 2023? Let me know at moviemax2020 at gmail.com. I greatly appreciate you guys listening to this episode. A lot more to come the rest of the year. Top 10 of 2022 coming soon. It's going to be a great episode. I'll also give you guys my five worst movies of that year as well to kick the episode off. Give some honorable mentions as well. It's going to be a great episode. So I hope that you guys will be able to tune in. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. 2023 has some great implications for a great year. So thank you guys so much for listening. Five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, we wrapped up this year, and uh, Anchor did the Spotify rap thing, gave me some data, some data for what the year looked like or, or what our viewers, you know, liked about the show or whatever. Not exactly like that, but some of the stats, some data. And I think eight of our listeners had this this show in their top, as their top podcast. So for those people who are heavily invested in this show, I thank you so much. I hope that we get even more listeners next year um you know reviews as always are always appreciated criticisms uh positive bring them on uh so thank you guys so much for listening uh thank you for tuning in with the show if you've been here since the beginning we're coming up on three years now which is insane guys it means so much to me that you guys continually tune in i greatly 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 appreciate it so i always make sure to give you guys love show you guys my appreciation. It means a lot to me that you guys tune in. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Who knows what's to come for the rest of the year in 2022. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time.